Okay. So, so this first page, and you know, if you want to take pictures of it, you can. But that raw EEG, you know, I'm asking what story is the EEG telling us? And the first one with yours is low voltage. Why? Is it a tired brain, or is it toxic, or is it metabolic? If you, you know, aren't using medications, even self medications, then I'm not so worried about that one. Make sure you check your thyroid and blood work because anemia can cause this, iron deficiency anemia. Um, but as we've talked, I'm guessing that it's just a tired brain. Um, but your brain at your age should have more power. Then I'm looking for, you know, what's your background rhythm? And alpha sets our background rhythm. And you don't really have a rhythmic alpha in the back of your head. What that tells me is you don't go into your default mode with your eyes open. Default mode is I'm chillaxing. Um, yeah, I'm rest and digest. I don't have to try hard to figure out this puzzle or whatever. I'm unconsciously driving to work in my default mode, right? So that's what that alpha represents. And you, you don't really have that going on when your eyes are open. And what that would show us in this next picture on what we call the FFTs, which is power speed, is you, we should see your tallest peak of alpha right at the back of your head. And yours is not as tall here as it is in the sensory processing areas. So over on the right is kind of a PTSD quality social anxiety, social prosody. That's what happens on the right behind our right ear. That's what the brain processes in that area. Over here at P4, you've got a peak that's taller than this. That's sensory processing. This is sensory processing on the left, which has more to do with, you know, math, um, getting words or thoughts out expressed in writing. You know, and these are in an idling or sleeping mode. Alpha is an idling or sleeping mode. These are processing areas of the brain. You have beta. You know, you can see you've got a hump there. A little less of a hump over here, but you've got one. So you've, you, you've got plenty of beta, but you really have a little excess of alpha there. Um, so I would expect some sensory sensitivities, um, you know, maybe the learning area, maybe the social prosody area. Sound, like too loud to sound. Okay, yeah. yep. Definitely. So that's 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 that sensory processing area, and if we can get these smaller and this one bigger, that'll take care of. You'll process through sound quicker, and it won't bother you. Okay. Um, so then. I'm like, okay, overall, we know we've got visual scanning. We know we've got sensory issues. We know what happens behind the right ear and the left ear, and those are a little bit of issues. And we should not have any alpha in the front. In fact, this one's just as tall in the front as it is in the back. It's not as wide, but it's just as tall. Um, and that's also not what we want in the front, is we want our frontal FFTs to look like a ski slope. No humps at all. Okay? So we want to get that out of the front. And I'll talk about that more when we get to your eyes closed. So then I'm, I'm saying, where is this delta peak coming from? Sorry about that. It's all right. This is Sherry. 
Okay, I'll be there in about half an hour. Okay, bye-bye. Sorry, I left that on because I've got my dogs at the groomers. <laughs> and nobody's, my mom usually picks them up for me, but she won't drive in the snow. <laughs> so, so um, you know, this is in the delta range. Again, that zero to four hertz. That peak is at 3.17. So this is a visual scanning pattern. So again, it's three confirmations that that's what I'm seeing. Um, not, not worried about that. If we can get the beta down, hopefully that will diminish. I don't need it to go all the way away. Sometimes it's a gift, like I said. You know, mm -hmm. if, you're, if you have a job that requires scanning, it's actually a gift. Um, but we don't want it to be associated with hypervigilant uh, fear kind of things. Um, and so we should be able to change that peak to at least smaller. Because we don't need your brain using that much power in a really slow wave, okay? That, again, when we when redistribute power, we don't take any power away from your brain. Sometimes we actually increase it, but we usually do that through physiology and nutrition and sleep. Mm -hmm. So hopefully your power will go up a little bit. Um, but as we take the power out of this, we want it to come into, again, that back um, alpha peak. So, and then here, the, you know, the interesting thing about you is eyes open. Usually our alpha is faster. Yours is actually slower, eyes open, but it's not slow. This is still, this is still faster than the average Joe. So I think I drew that somewhere. Here it is. We'll talk about that in a minute. That's, that's actually a sign of giftedness. You know, when we were doing the um, initial consult and I said, I don't train to the norm. Mm -hmm. The reason I don't train to the norm is I've got lots of folks like you. Your slowest drowsy peak of alpha is at 10.5. When we go to eyes closed and even what we saw up front, it's at a 12. That's almost two standard deviations faster than the average person. What does that mean? It's a shutter speed. Like, think of the old cameras <laughs> that used to have shutters. Um, the faster your shutter speed, the more detail you pick up per second. And so it's related to IQ. Because if you've got a, sh a slow shutter speed, you know, below nine and a half would be a little slow. Um, if, if you got a little bit slow, it doesn't mean you're not intelligent, but you have a harder time picking up detail. So with ADHD people, I see this a lot. You know, they've got a little slow wave in the front, but they got fast alpha. And so those are the people who usually don't get diagnosed as ADHD because I can daydream on the third thing that the teacher said, but I can look around the room and gather what I'm supposed to be doing and get on it, right? So I see that a ton. And mm -hmm. And that's kind of what fits you. Um, very fast alpha speed. And then we also have 17 to 20 hertz, also in the sensory area, which could also contribute to being overly sensitive to sensations, including sound. But also it, it's up in this front. It actually comes to the middle, I think, eyes closed. But, you know, it's up in this front. And this would be kind of, agitation, irritability, that kind of stuff. So we definitely want to get it out of there. And I'll take that because I printed two of those. So again, here's what's interesting. When we look at numbers, I'm not a numbers person, I'm more pictures, but I'm always checking again, what, what am I seeing? These are the microvolts. 
um, your microvolts are highest at those temporal areas, not at the direct back of your head. But at the direct back of your head, you're at just under 12. Your slower peak is at 10.5, and this is just drowsiness, okay? So your average person goes from 9.5 to 10, and you're up here at 12, probably over one standard deviation. I think 11 is one standard deviation. Um, so are you familiar with the bell curve? 68% mm -hmm. of people fall in here. You fall over here. This can be central nervous system over arousal. So we've got cortical over-arousal from your excess beta, and we've got central nervous system that comes up from the spinal cord that affects the body mm -hmm. because of your background alpha rhythm being very fast. I usually don't train this down because it's giftedness. It's related to IQ. Mm -hmm. um, the, I think only one person have I ever trained that down slightly um, because we did everything else as far as anxiety and sleep, and it was still a problem. Okay. But that's out of thousands of people. So usually we get the, up the beta down, get your sleep going. This is not going to make you feel anxious. All right, so that's your eyes open. Now we're going to eyes closed. So in the raw EEG, we can see, yay, you actually have some rhythmic alpha. That's a good thing. But when it fires from the back, look how it comes up to the front. So, you know, you've already told me you don't use recreational drugs, but I tell people you're not, you're not a good candidate for THC because THC increases alpha, but it moves it forward. And I'll tell you why frontal alpha is not your friend. Um, we want it to stay, again, if we're drawing this little head thing, we want all of our alpha and beta to stay in the back of our head. Here's our ears and our nose, we want it to stay back here, okay? And yours moves forward. So again, I'm asking myself the same questions. You know, what? what's happening in the raw EEG? Here it is blown up so you can, you know, I, I do these nerdy things. Mm -hmm. I count your beta. I count your alpha frequency. Your alpha frequency is at 12, your beta is 20 plus. Um, and I'm just circling here the betas, here the alphas, okay? And I colorized this one. How nice of me. So you, you see that, I mean, there's nothing really new here. It, other than um, we can see your double peaks of alpha in the back. But again, this is where the peak should be. So we want to change that. That'll help you go into default mode, help you fall asleep when you close your eyes, you can see that your alpha in the back is about the same size as your alpha in the front. Not what we want. You can still see that your alpha and beta in the um, behind the right and left ear, so it's same thing, social prosody, social anxiety, um, PTSD. Over here is expressive language, math, etc. So not a huge difference of look from eyes open to eyes closed, except that your alpha speed is 12 everywhere. Like I said, not a bad thing. I like it, actually. And here I've just marked them. Your, your slow edge is over on this right side where social anxiety, social prosody, and PTSD live. And your background dominant rhythm is right at 12. But that's why you see two peaks.
So, oh, when I told you that I was going to talk to you about this alpha moving frontal, it's called coherence. And we want synchrony in our brain waves because that's how front talks to the back, right talks to the left. What we don't want is hypersynchrony or hypercoherence. So think about brain waves should be kind of like synchronized swimmers in that, mm-hmm. you know, they're in sync with one another, but they don't look like a machine. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a cog in a wheel machine is locked and it never changes. Well, that's what happens with your alpha. It gets locked in and it takes over the frontal lobe. So on the right, it's more anxious, irritable, and on the left, it's more depressive. And yours is pretty equal opportunity. So it depends on where it's firing and at what speed, probably how you're going to feel, but it's emotional regulation difficulty. Um, So you also have right uh, frontal beta. And so alpha should be even across, if it's going to be bigger on one side, it should be on the right. Beta should be a little bit higher on the left. Yours is higher on the right. So, you know, even though it's beta, people think there's only one type of depression, which is front left alpha. Um, Front right beta is also a depressive mark. So, you've... Let me see if I can summarize this. It's a very complex EEG. Um, our number one goal would be to get sleep because sleep helps regulate the brain. Um, if you don't get sleep, you naturally have more cortisol. Like, let's just say you missed a REM cycle. You only got you know five hours last night. Um, you're going to have more cortisol the next day than you normally would because your, your body's gone, are, are we on night watch? What's the problem? You know, are we in famine? Why, why am I not sleeping? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that's a big issue. Um, I think that's a lot of what we're seeing. Um, so once we get you sleeping, that is going to cut down on some of the beta, and we're going to be training beta down um, because it should only be on task in your frontal lobe. It should not be in the parietal lobes. It should not be running up and down, you know, the middle of your head um, when you're chilling out in my chair. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that those kind of go together. Then we're going to work on executive function, um, anterior cingulate. And I didn't talk a lot about this, but when we have excess theta, excess alpha up in the front, um, you know, those are addictive markers. So the anterior cingulate is the seat of executive center. And you've got fast wave and slow wave there. So you've got the gas and the brake on at the same time. Another reason why your brain's probably tired. Um, beta is over arousal. Fast alpha is over arousal. You've got a couple of different forms of over arousal. Mm-hmm. What over arousal seeks is bring me down, bring me down. So alcohol, you know, those type pot, those type things bring us down. Um, And your brain would probably enjoy that for a short period of time. Um, But then what happens, especially because it moves front, is it jacks up all your executive function. So even though you don't have a big, strong 
theta peak, like an ADHD peak, you're going to have foggy brain, you're going to have mood regulation problems, you're going to have impulse control problems, compulsion problems. Yeah, all of that because alpha just takes over the front. And it shouldn't be in the front, it should stay in the back, like here. <laughs> That's where it should stay. And yours doesn't. Um, so, the next once we get you sleeping, and we'll be doing all protocols probably. Okay. Um, I, mean, I say all. I mean, I've probably got a list of five, and we'll do three at a time. But the our first goal, where we're going to spend the most time, is sleep, because that's going to help us regulate that cortisol and cut down the beta. Beta is hard to to get rid of because the body's not going to be okay with us saying, "Well, you can't have beta if if you believe you're not safe." It's a survival mechanism. Mm-hmm. So your body and your brain have to convince you that you're safe. And sleep is very helpful with that. So those two will be our biggest things, and then we'll deal with the parietal areas. You know, PTSD area and this area both have excess beta and excess, and that's where we're going to get those processing areas. Like, you know, if you have social anxiety, if you have PTSD, those symptoms will go down. If you have trouble with you know, mental math or whatever, that, that will get easier for you. Um, and the sensory should be taken care of in this protocol. If it's not, that's where I said I got more than three protocols, but if it's not, we'll work directly on, at PZ on a sensory uh, decreasing that noise problem for you. But lots of times when we're going from here over here, we're crossing a, that entire swatch of brain neurons and it'll go away as we do our regular protocols but like I said if not it's lower on my list it's it's on the list but because I do think that it should um, be normalized with the trainings that we already will be doing from the beginning but if we get you know 15 sessions in and you're like yeah there's no change in um, sensory processing then we'll add that in okay sound good Okay, any questions for me? And I'll make you a copy of this too. I don't, you know, just so you have it in writing kind of what what your EEG told me. Yeah, yeah, I think that covers all the, the big things, like the anxiety, the addiction, the, yeah, those will be the big ones, the PTSD. Okay, all right. The sensory, yeah, those are all the big, all the big ones. I like it because if I... I tell people this all the time. The reason that I do EEG-guided neurofeedback is because if I didn't see this, I wouldn't know your specific places to change or Mm -hmm. what specific symptoms went with that. You know, we can have, you know, five things that happen in an area of the brain, but if you have have a, a rhythm issue there, you're likely you're going to have at least one of the symptoms. You may not have all five of what happens in that area, but you're going to have one. And so, if if I see it, I know we can change it. If I don't see it, shooting in the dark. And a lot of people, you know, I would say fifty percent of neurofeedback people shoot in the dark, um, and that's not a bad way to go because fifty percent of the people get better. But then fifty percent don't. Um, so I like to be specific. If you're spending time and money, yeah. um, we I want to make sure we see it and that it that it connects with your experience because then we have a high degree of confidence that mm-hmm. changing this changes your symptoms. Yeah, makes sense. Yes. Okay. Thank you.
you are very welcome. And we will get you set up with Precious for some sessions. Yes. And she'll go over all that with you. And I'll get her to make you a copy of this. Thank you. All right. That was so helpful.